right, I'm back. All right, let's do this. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to the On the Island podcast. That was how you would start it. You can start it however you like. Should I try it different this year? Do it a different thing? You can say welcome back. Oh, here, I got it. I got it. Okay. I feel like I'm in the mystery gang. Hello. And And welcome on the island. It's a ghostly island. (laughs) was that coming across or no <laughs> oh no no i definitely understood that it was it was ghostly um we're back. it was almost as scary as the theme but yeah we're back and we're ready to go we're back on the island for survivor ghost island and i'm taylor Gaines. i've been here the whole time and on the other line your favorite friend and my third favorite friend oh <laughs> uh. He's haunted by his past, but he's excited about his future. It's Tyler B. Commons. <laughs> I love that I got ranked third favorite. Like, at least I know I made your Facebook, or not even your Facebook, your MySpace top MySpace, eight. MySpace, dog. Yeah, dude. You know, I, I never had a MySpace. Friends. Really? Gosh, that did. makes me feel so much older. And we're only, what, three years well, apart? No, it, it wasn't that I was too young. It was that I just never got one. I don't know if my parents didn't want me to have one or if I just thought it was lame I don't know. Never got into it. That's my MySpace story. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of pressure when you have to rank your friends in like sixth grade. You got to move people up and down. And then when you start crushing on someone, like they sneak in at number eight. But by the end of the week, they got to be at least top four. How about the yeah. fact that we haven't talked in months and the first thing we're talking about is MySpace? What are we doing? I don't know. It has been forever. We were talking about that earlier. The last time I saw you, I was in Florida visiting. And since then, you started your new job. I've settled in my job and had stressful situations like the other <laughs> night when we were texting. It's just life has caught up with us, but yeah, not too much have... that we can't record. This is a MySpace <laughs> podcast now. MySpace <laughs> started in 2003, but three years before that, on May 31st, 2000, Survivor, the television show, started. And now we're on season 36. And yeah, some things have changed since season 35, right, Ty? You're over yeah. the flu now? I am over the flu. I'm feeling much better. I'm not going to lie. I'm on DayQuil right now, but that's because there's just some weird googly gunk that's traveling around. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, side note. So For those of you that don't know, I work with students, and the other day, one of the schools that the students that I work with go to Literally shut down because over half the staff were missing and 80% of the students just didn't show up. Incredible. Get your flu shot. Get your flu shot. I can say that, but I haven't gotten a flu shot in like four years. So. Well, I had the flu a couple years ago and I couldn't move for like 48 hours. So I decided to get the flu shot this time around. Yeah. Did it work out? I hear it's only 10% effective this year. I've heard that, but I, I haven't gotten sick yet. So who knows? It could be because I only work with like five people or it could just be that I'm immune. What else is going on? You, you're you working up in Alabama, which you were doing last season too. So we talked about that already. But I'm, yeah. I moved. <laughs> I'm in a real city now. Well, that's not true. 
The city was in the name of Lake City. What am I talking about? Lake City. Lake Lake City. You are. You're in a nice city, nice neighborhood. I came and visited. We walked around. I didn't feel unsafe. <laughs> Did you feel unsafe at my old apartment? <laughs> well, it uh, it got a little sketchy at certain times of day oh, at night. Come on. You lived Not in ske- way sketchier places in Gainesville. <clears throat> That's very true. Sketchy places don't really sketch me out. It makes like as long as you're friends with the sketchy people, then you're safe. You're good. You know, it's when you start acting all better than them that uh, problems happen. Well, here's a fun fact. I do marketing now and public mm-hmm. relations, and our podcasts helped me get the job. Yeah, I saw that. You recently wrote a uh, paper on how to start a podcast, so. That means we reached some level of success. <laughs> yeah, go check that out. It was on comcentric.com. Yes, I'm still learning <laughs> the name of my company's website, even though it's very simple. Yeah, I wrote about five things you should learn to do a podcast or something to that effect. So yeah, we got all kinds of stuff going on, right, Ty? And we're glad to be back. I think we're going to try to have some more fun this year and not be the negative Nancy's all the time. <laughs> yeah, we were we were riding the negative train pretty hard last season and toward the end of last season. But I'm, I mean, let's be real, it wasn't a very good season. <laughs> no, it wasn't the best. But I can think like there's had to have been worse seasons before, God, right? I suck. I said I said we're not going to be negative, and I instantly was like, but it was bad, right? Okay, so let's move forward. Let's just look forward, Ty. Let's try that. All right, let's look forward. That's what we're here for. Ghost Island, season 36. Ooh. Lots of thoughts. I guess I'll just start by giving you the lowdown on everything. Hopefully I'm not okay. making too much noise rustling my papers around here. No, I can I, barely hear it. As I get, get my notes prepared. So there are 20 castaways this season. Mm-hmm. I believe it was 18 last year, right? It was, because they did the three Three, tribe splits. Yeah, three tribes of six. So we got two tribes. We're back down to two tribes. I'm thrilled to say that there's basically not a theme as far Mm -hmm. as categorizing people. There is a theme, Ghost Island, obviously. They're not trying to make people heroes or hustlers or healers or brains or bronze or beauty or heroes or villains or game changers or whatever. Or blood or water. Not, Not blood or water. The best I can understand is that Ghost Island is basically Exile Island, where they'll isolate players, I don't know, after reward, after immunity. I haven't gotten a clear view of this yet. It'll give them a chance to gain power in the game because the island is going to be covered in relics from Survivor Past. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, how often they'll give out relics or use them is unclear. We'll see more Mm -hmm. as it goes on. All we know right now is that after the first immunity challenge, the winning tribe will pick someone from the losing tribe to go to Ghost Island, and that person will miss the first tribal council and hang out on Ghost Island. So what are your thoughts on this new-ish concept, and uh, what are you expecting? The concept as a whole seems interesting, but kind of like the categories from the past, you know, it sounds like a stretch to call it Ghost Island, you know, where the past hauntings go to die um and they're going to be there i don't know from what i heard andrea boheim Beheim, i can never remember bulky? how you say her name bulky yeah whatever her name is andrea bulky did a interview with jeff and jeff said ghost island is more like redemption island not really exile island 
which was interesting, but they also hinted at a twist where in order to gain an advantage, you have to give something up. I don't know if that just means the time you spend away from your tribe or if he's going to, you know, take fishing gear or take rice or take the shirt off their back. I have no idea what that is, but I like the twist that there's also loss that comes with gain. I think that's a good way to balance it out. We'll see how it goes. I sort of vague so far, so it could be good. Today on the podcast, what we're going to do is break down the two tribes, the 20 people, talk about who we like, who we don't like, and some of the fun preseason stuff. You know, obviously last season, Simone was a big preseason favorite of ours and wound up going out second. So we'll see who we like way too much this year. Yep. We got a purple tribe and an orange tribe. That's it. We'll run through it all. And before I get into all that, the only other thing I should mention is far as some... footnotes Mm -hmm. is that survivor aimed to cast only big fans of the show this year but having listened through to all of their interviews on josh wiggler's hollywood reporter first one out podcast which we referenced last year as well they weren't always successful in that a lot of people who have only sort of watched the show or whatever but that's how it always goes Mm -hmm. the one thing i would say about this cast is they are jarringly young there are two people in their early 40s four people in their 30s a bunch of people in their 20s and an 18 year old Mm -hmm. we've talked about before whether they're like just going for like a young model cast or what and a lot of people have said this is like one of the more attractive casts that they've had this is a particularly like just young cast it definitely just from looking through the previews it lent itself to me thinking that there's not as many interesting people because the interesting people are usually the older ones with a ton of life experience. There's definitely some characters, so who knows? Yeah, I I noticed that. When I was taking notes, I was like, some of these people don't have stories yet. You know, like they're out there and they're going to make a story and they're going to have fun. And I think um, it's going to be good for that. But what is the fisherman guy's name? Sebastian? And I'm sure, well, I'm sure we'll get to him. Yeah, Sebastian just struck me as a guy who's like, you know, he's there. And I always <laughs> like to be disappointed when I make these jarring statements. You mean like he just doesn't seem like he has had much life experience? Yeah, he's like, well, uh, I went to and school. And as an old I, man, I you can school. say that. Yeah, as my old, almost 30-year-old self, <laughs> oh my being God. that I'm <laughs> later than 25, that's the way I'm categorizing myself right now. I just... I'm excited to see these people and the way that they interact with each other, especially some of you said what they had two 40 year olds or three 40 year olds. Uh, I believe it's a 42 year old and a 41 year old. Yeah. So I'm interested to see if they actually do take on that older role or if they're just going to kind of be the scapegoat for this younger group. Cause we've seen younger groups just vote out, older people for no reason and i just hope it doesn't get to that kind of situation especially because we have some interesting older people such as our first person how you like that transition game money angela perkins actually real quick just Mm -hmm. because i was doing the math while you were talking the average age is 28 okay that's not wow that's half a year older than me so you're right in there yeah, so let's get into the Naviti tribe. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's N-A-V-I-T-I. Mm-hmm. They are wearing purple. Okay. Thoughts? I did not. 
<laughs> uh, thoughts are I got it backwards in my notes because I didn't know what color they were. So I decided to make the Malolo tribe purple and the Navidi tribe green. That's literally all green I thought about that. It's not a color. So. No, green is not a color they normally go with. I'm assuming it's going to be yellow. but It's orange. Oh. It's orange v. purple. Just like all the great Super Bowls and World Series in history. <laughs> Angela Perkins is the oldest person in the game and also the oldest person on the Navidi tribe. But she also mm-hmm. might be the coolest person that is in the game because listening through her interview and reading through her bio, she is a 20-year Army veteran who's been deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan and been in most of the 50 states as well as Turkey, Dubai, France, Bratislava, Slovakia, Italy, and Germany. And mm. she tells some interesting stories on First One Out about driving through areas, getting IEDs, blowing up around her and survivor likes her too from what i can tell because she's now out of the military her kids are grown up she's either recently divorced or recently just out of a marriage in some way or another they didn't really expand on it Mm -hmm. and she described her journey on the show as having quote a sense of urgency to find myself so she's the kind of person that works well on a reality show, I think, where she has this built-in narrative of like, I'm at this weird spot in my life. I've done all these things. And now here I am out here trying to win a million dollars on Survivor, which lends itself to my statement before that the old people have a lot of interesting life experience to bring into it. Her son, according to her, describes her as an American badass. So... <laughs> I think she could be really cool, and I liked her listening to her talk. What do you make of Angela? Yeah, I thought Angela, she surprised me how much I liked her because, I mean, from the past, she doesn't strike me as a person that I would pick to be necessarily good at this. But she seems like, uh, Jeff described it this way when he was describing her, that she's finally taking time to find herself, and you alluded to that too. So I'm interested to see how much her life stage shines through in this game you know she's got two college kids she's separated she's been in the army forever you know taking orders giving orders another note i took she says similar instead of similar so you know <laughs> <Good> note. <laughs> we gotta watch out for all the nuclear or nuclear i can't even say it wrong nuclear weapons man Her i like GW. how you took you less than five seconds to criticize someone for pronouncing something a certain way to pronouncing nuke what'd you say nuclear nuclear Okay, I said nuclear. Nuclear, okay. Yes. We had a president that said it that way once. Um, Which one was that? Bush? Yeah. That's what I figured. Whenever it's a mispronunciation, I just guess Bush. I don't know. Okay, sorry. The, back to back to Angela. I like Angela. I think she can be strong. I think she can go very far in this game. Um, she said she might be a little too outspoken and aggressive. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting note. She said that everyone in her family and friend circle told her not to be herself because she's too strong and controlling. Mm-hmm. And then she said, psych, I'm going to ignore that. I have to be <laughs> myself, which is a little concerning. Yeah, it's concerning, but I don't know I don't know if she has that inner army because when she was doing her interviews and stuff, she was saying those things, but I was also seeing like a fun-loving person who is on this journey to figure out like who's she going to be post-army, who's she going to be post-marriage. So I'm hoping that story comes through a lot when we get to see you know moments of her. One of my favorite things to do with the preseason podcast is to talk about the reactions of the other cast members because basically <laughs> they're all shown a picture 
and they just give a quote. Unfortunately, nothing that interesting about Angela. Everyone pretty much just said, oh, she's the mom. She seems nice. Dude, how is 40 she's the mom? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) This cast is so young. 40 is like, you maybe had your midlife crisis, but that is happening in like your 50s now. So I don't... (laughs) She didn't strike me as a mom. She struck me as someone who's worked hard her whole life and now trying to figure out, you know, where to go from here. Yeah, it's interesting to see what happens with a older character relative to Survivor that is actually in really good shape and can hang with these people. Like our good friend Joe Del Campo. Best friend Joe Del Campo. Remember I said you were third? He's like first or second. Oh, gosh. Next up, we got Dominic. Oh, God. I should have written down pronunciation. A baddie? A baby? <laughs> I think a baby sounds correct. One of our older characters, he's 38, from Long Island, construction worker. He's got a wife and three kids. Mm-hmm. This is a game. I'll flirt with disaster as much as I can. <laughs> I can't do a Long Island accent anymore. The things I noted from him, he wants to create a 25-foot spy phone to honor Tony. I thought he also had a pretty interesting life story. Mm-hmm. He said that his greatest personal accomplishment came when his first daughter was born in 2008. Before her birth, I was very overweight, smoked cigarettes, dabbled quite a bit at the craps table, and would most likely be sitting down at the poker table on any given day. I recall a specific moment when my daughter was about a year old and she wanted me to take her outside on the swings. It was chilly that day, so I had to dress warm. While putting on my shoes, I recall panting from being out of breath from the simple act of tying my own shoes. It was at that moment that I knew I had to make a change so that I would be around a long time for her and my other children that were soon to come. In the last seven years, I quit smoking, dropped 65 pounds, and even though I can still occasionally be found found in a poker room, I have dramatically prioritized (laughs) where my income goes and where most of my money is spent, which is primarily bills and workout clothes for my wife. I'm a little (laughs) concerned... (laughs) That bills and workout clothes are given 50-50 treatment, but pretty interesting story. Because he actually, when you look at him, he you would never think that he was a big overweight guy. No. But, he, um, he struck me as very, he knows what he's there for. You know, he's driven and has a purpose. And you, you heard that in his story. He changed his life around. So I also liked him. I liked the way that he worked really hard and he lost 70 pounds and... I like that he said he wants to be Tony, but without being neurotic. I don't know how you be Tony without being neurotic. I'm excited to see him try and pull that off. I do think, though, like he seems to have the Tony mindset, but listening to him, he sounds more personable. Like, I I don't know. Tony's kind of likable, but like, I don't know. He seems like his ethics might get in the way of him doing Tony-like stuff more. Seems like he he cares. Yeah, and he, I think he realizes he wants to play and spy and have fun, but at the end, I I don't think he's going to let that get in the way. If he has to tone it down, I think he's got that ability. I don't know if Tony had that ability, but he just strikes me as, I don't know, I'm great with words. He describes me as a guy who's out there and he has a firm goal, and that goal is to make it as far as possible, and he's going to do that by lying, cheating, building, scaffolding to spy on people. He was another fun character amongst a crowd of, you know, somewhat interesting people. 
he did have some interesting quotes from other people about him too because if you don't know this what they do is they bring the cast out i don't remember if it's a week or like five days but they bring them out to ponderosa before the game starts and they all have to live with each other for however long before they get sent out to the island but they're not allowed to talk so there's a lot of communication just by eye contact and and sitting around doing stuff and you'll hear that come up as we go through this but desiree said of dominic quote i don't trust him i don't trust anyone to be honest but it's hard for him to smile i know if he tries to befriend me it's all fake it's totally fake uh jenna bowman who is on the opposite tribe said i think he's evil he has menacing eyes He'll always give weird little evil smirks. He always sits by himself in the back of the cafeteria. And then Bradley, who is on Dominic's tribe, Naviti, said he was just laughing his head off because the potato chips we have are chicken flavored. Apparently, that was the funniest thing he had ever seen in his entire life. So he seems cool. I would totally work with him. (laughs) Yeah, that is a wide range of first impressions. He's laughing at chicken flavored potato chips. People are just prejudiced against long islanders i guess can you blame them i'm just kidding i'm so (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah so he could be interesting i don't know what do you make of him just like as far as his chances chances i'd say he he's a he's a merge guy i think he'll make the merge i don't think i think he's gonna be physically dominant enough and uh one of the twists they talked about which i don't we didn't mention earlier i don't know if we're gonna get to it about giving the tribe less rice so that providers become more important this season. Um, yeah, they're giving the so tribes I'm hoping... half the amount of rice that the medical team says is okay, according to Jeff. Yeah, which was a funny way to word it because there's no way that's 100% true worded that way. But I hope I hope we do get to see more people like Ozzy, like providers, the fishermen. I hope we get to see them stick around to <coughs> keep strength. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I lost my train of thought. My sneeze took about you out of sneeze. it. It did. <sighs> Let's just move on to number three. On the Navidi tribe, 33-year-old Wendell Holland, a furniture company owner and designer from Philadelphia. And I'm going to start off talking about him by reading a quote from Jenna Bowman from the Malolo tribe, who I just mentioned, just because I thought this was funny. She said, quote, I thought he was Donald Glover. When he first came on, I thought this was the first celebrity edition of Survivor. I think mm-hmm. he's from L.A. He always wears L.A. King stuff. He seems kind of trendy. It seems like I would get along with him well outside the game. So hopefully inside the game, we can work something out. I got a kick out of her thinking that it was the first celebrity Survivor. Yeah, what does that say about her? Does she think she's a celebrity? <laughs> That's funny. Well, we'll talk about her later. That's a really good point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyways... Uh, Sorry I threw you off with that thought. She does um, have 2,500 Instagram followers, but I don't think that makes you a celebrity. That's a few more than me. So I thought Wendell is... He's one of the genuine people, is how yeah. he struck me. What What are your thoughts? He's a popular pick, apparently. Jeff said he's his winner pick. According to Jeff, one person really fought against casting him for some reason. He didn't really get into that. He went to Penn, so he's smart. He's also a pretty athletic guy. He thinks he has a pretty good final three story. His father was a prominent attorney. Uh, Wendell decided to go his own way and he broke off from the family law stuff. And it's led to a complicated relationship. And he just wants to make him proud, show him that 
he wouldn't be who he is without him. But yeah, I liked him. I think he stood mm-hmm. out to me as someone who was just really likable, seemed fun to hang out with. Because you, you, you love when the cast is like full of a group of people like Millennials vs. Gen X where they all just are cool with each other and want to hang. Yeah. I don't really yeah. have a good read on him for how he'll be at Survivor. Yeah, he said um, he's out there because he really wants to test himself. He's also going to be a vocal leader was something that he said. And I thought this was interesting. He said he wants to do whatever it takes to win, but still be genuine and wholesome. So I don't know how those two balance together. But is it weird to say I liked the vibe he was giving off? I really liked his attitude and he's there to accomplish a mission and do a job. But he's also there to like have fun and make friends. You know, he seems like he's in the right mindset to go far. Kellen Beck told is in the right mindset to help other people go far in her day job. Uh, A career counselor, 31 years old, and I think we're going to like her because she is a self-proclaimed Keith Nail fan. Keith! She's from Colorado, by the way. I assumed just after seeing that that she's going to be great. She sort of described herself as an Aubrey type, like very anxious uh anxious but has a joyful bubbly energy kind of speaking Mm -hmm. of interesting stories she apparently in the course of the last year got married divorced finished graduate school got two master's degrees and got a job yeah i mean that's a lot of stuff to happen that's a little bit more change than i had which is surprising after being a career college student for eight years you didn't get married Uh, and divorced not that you know i do have a long-standing theory that you have a secret family Oh, you're not the only one. Someone up here told me that too. Kellen, really, everybody said good things about her, but she didn't make me think that she was going to be that Aubrey-type character that sticks around for a while. Or the um, Shapiro? Hannah? Hannah, yeah. She doesn't strike me as a Hannah or an Aubrey-type. She almost seems like a character they tried to stick into that mold, but it doesn't work for her. So I'm not as high on her, but she's also not kind of the bottom of the barrel for me. She kind of just, she, I could I could have her, I could leave her, you know? I thought the person that best summed her up was Jacob Derwin from the Malolo tribe. As far as the impressions from everyone, he kind of captured the overall vibe. He said, well, he personally really likes her. I can tell she's someone I'll get along with. We were the first two people getting tea at Ponderosa when they said they have tea. I don't know what that means. She's reading constantly, and I've been reading pretty much this whole time. Here we go. She might be a risk to go home early because she's not the youngest bikini babe, though she's obviously still very pretty. I hope she sticks around. I could really see myself working with her. Maybe she's super devious, and I'm totally misreading her, but she seems very sweet. I think we'll have a lot in common just based on what I've seen. I think she's approaching this game very cerebrally. Get a room. (laughs) <laughs> he is, a, he is <laughs> excited just just wait ty we got more we got way stronger stuff coming where you think that's going wow. uh next up though this is number this is number five from the navidi tribe chelsea townsend an emt and a professional cheerleader in the la area i believe uh 24 years old a lot of people were judging her saying what is she doing here she mm-hmm. has a vacuous look, which is very harsh. But, <laughs> I mean, here's an example. Laurel Johnson from the Malolo tribe said, 
She seems like she doesn't know what she's doing here. She's been walking around in little bathing suits the whole time. I'm not really sure what she's here for. I'm hoping to take advantage of that. Chelsea grew up in Utah and loves the outdoors. I'm not really a confrontational person, she says. She claims that her confessionals will be interesting, but that she won't talk a lot of smack with people. So I I don't know what you thought of her. She struck me as kind of generic for a Survivor character, mm-hmm. which She's could be Utah. good as far she as lasting. Outdoors. We'll see. I think that she she didn't give me a great impression, um, but one thing that stuck out was she talked about how loyal she is to her friends and her family and how that could translate out here. She finds someone that she's very comfortable with. It's going to be hard for her to turn on people and hard hard to make the vote to get rid of someone who's in your alliance. So I liked her. I, I don't really get it. Does she emt now and professionally dance slash cheer on the side like is she still in both careers or you know is i assume age age causing beauty to flutter away like a butterfly i don't know or what is that she means. there to be a skimpy <laughs> model i was getting existential i was i've been reading shakespeare lately i don't know why is do you think do you consider shakespeare existential um yes think about it hamlet He's talking to the ghost of his father, and he's got um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, his two friends that he sends away to go find people. And um, he's wonder He has uh, yes, yes, yes is the short answer. I'm not going to go through the whole story. I could talk through it all right now, but we're not going to do that. We're going to well, keep going. Well, since Ty's talking down to everybody about the high class books that he reads and how smart he is. That seems like a good opportunity to transition into Bradley Kleheig. Kleheig? I don't Klehig, know. I we'll call him Jamie Hill. How about that? <laughs> okay. You're welcome. No one. Uh, <laughs> no, no one thinks that's hilarious. But he looks exactly like <laughs> a friend of ours. He's a law student from UCLA. Super fan. Uh, he's originally from Michigan. Now, the obvious takeaway from Bradley is that he is too smart or too pretentious. I, I mean, th- there was a quote where he said that he feels like he's entering Survivor on another level. Yeah, to tack onto that, he was quoted as saying he doesn't work with simple people. So <laughs> if, yeah, if he arrogance... likes to surround himself with intelligent people and struggles with dumb people. So I just don't think he lives in the world. I just the don't think he lives. Is definitely strong. Yes. But you know what really turned me all the way off on him is in his interview with Josh Wiggler, he said, it's a little bit of a bummer that everyone looks like they're 12. And he said, oh, well, do you want people to be like all like Joe Del Campo or something? And Bradley said, maybe not that old. Wow. dare he? Them are fighting words. Get out of here with that. Bradley will never be on this podcast taking shots at Joe Del Campo. Dude, we got to have them both on and have Joe just drop the hammer. My favorite Tell him how we do in Florida. My favorite summary of Bradley was from Jacob Derwin, who we've already mentioned once uh, about his uh, admiration for Kellen. He said, he's reading a book called The Sympathizer. I have never read The Sympathizer, but I have to assume someone who reads The Sympathizer is someone who needs to learn how to be more sympathetic. He may not be the most gracious player. That said, if he's making an effort to better himself in that way, I would bet he's a big fan and someone I'll get along with. But I got to say, just listening to him talk, 
he sounds like the kind of person who needs to read a book about how to interact with humans. Yes, and that is no slight to our friend James Hill, but <laughs> he definitely seems but like isn't he... it? <laughs> <laughs> no, James, we love you. If you ever listen to our podcast again, just know that we love you. He doesn't even answer um, my text messages. You think he's listening to the podcast? I don't know. He actually answered a text of mine the other day. I was so happy. He didn't do that when we lived in the same city. Um, <laughs> so I don't think I just don't think Bradley this week on the James Hill podcast. <laughs> I don't think Bradley's going to click. Now, can he tone that down and turn it off? Is he actually going to be condescending to people's faces? That would be the thing that I'm interested to see. Is if well, yeah, he I mean, can. We thought the same thing with Simone last year, and she was not at all that way to people. No, but by the end of hearing about Simone, I kind of knew she was going to be a dud. Bradley, I didn't get that impression, although he might be. So we'll find out. Next up, we got Desiree Afuye, 21 years old. Uh, She actually has a hell of a story for being a 21-year-old, and I can sum it up in just eight words. Was homeless because parents were still in Nigeria. Yeah, and then her parents sent her to live in Nigeria once they got over to America because she was being a um, bad kid or something and she told this whole story about living with her grandmother in a village and finding perspective on life from it all it's pretty interesting for a 21 year old yeah and she said she wants to model her game after Sari so I think that that's gonna be it's a good person to model I after. mean yeah that's obviously something very good I do I like her story I like that she's relatable um she said she wants to just hang out and be the home girl she struggles from RBF I'm trying not to swear because oh. of my new job. We'll talk more about RBF later, I think, um, because there were some references to it from people. But okay. I like Desiree. I don't know I what to expect not, from her. I know. I hope she's not put in a box by the other people there because she does have, I mean, she's there and she's got the shaved head and she looks older, if that makes sense. She looks like. She definitely <laughs> looks older than 21. Like, she's seen some stuff go down. I liked her. I liked her personality. I hope people can get past her appearance of being kind of a worn-down person and get to know her. And that would give her the shot at going farther. Yeah, my my favorite summary of her was, again, Jacob Derwin. He said, Hmm. I feel like she has this bad bitch thing going on, but I see her talking to the handlers, and she has this sweet, lovely, wonderful energy coming off of her. Yeah, and I think that comes through once you get to talk to her. Because when I first just saw her you know, profile picture, I was like, I don't think she's going to go far. She doesn't look athletic. She doesn't look like she's going to easily mesh with people. I don't know. She just she doesn't give off the best vibe. She looks angry. But I think if people will peel back the layers, onions have layers and ogres have layers. I hope Desiree can get her layers peeled back. Sometimes if you peel back the layers of a Jack Sparrow costume, you'll find Sebastian Noel. (laughs) Or Noel. I don't know. Our fishing guide from Satellite Beach, Florida, he likes to dress up as Jack Sparrow, apparently. And apparently he does it here in Tampa Bay at Gasparilla. So he could be an interesting character. Apparently with the reduction of rice, he could be very important because Jeff told him he could be the best spearfisher the show has ever seen. He is a fishing guide in his job. I don't know if I have, I'm repeating myself. Mm-hmm. And he seems the most comfortable living on an island out of anybody. He qu- is quoted in preseason as saying, I feel perfectly at home out here. And uh, he definitely feels like an Aussie type, a very young Aussie type. 
Yeah, he's a young, naive Ozzy type. In the theme of reminding us of friends, I think he reminds me a lot of a guy named Lucas Ebert, who you probably met once or twice. But talking about Sebastian, I think Sebastian... I know. (laughs) Thank you. We should only uh, reference people that no one will know. Oh, let's do it. Rest of the season. We'll never talk about famous people. We got one coming up next that you can maybe ref. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish, (laughs) Taylor. Goodness gracious, you're rushing me. My thoughts are going slow. Sebastian doesn't strike me as someone who's going to mesh well with other people. I think he'll stick around as provider, but once they start getting all the rewards that they seem to be getting, fishing gear, nets, cooking, free meals every other episode, I think that his usefulness will run out, and I I just don't see him going very far. He claims that he's a lot of women are attracted to him just from hanging out at Ponderosa, which I thought was funny. And we'll talk more about that. I think if I remember, but basically one woman was like, yeah, no. My favorite quote about him was from our friend Bradley. Actually, he looked at the picture and he said, good God, he was sniffing a Sharpie at the airport. That's all I need to say. <laughs> uh, to be fair, he does remind me of someone who would sniff sharpies so morgan well ricky is 29 years old you got a ref for her right for morgan ricky <laughs> uh i do have a, a reference for her she just reminds me of someone from my past <laughs> how does that sound she's a marine animal trainer from florida they talked around it but i'm guessing she works at SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. she listed one of her hobbies as sleeping which i enjoyed Sleeping All I really hobby. have written down for her is that everyone said, oh, she looks sweet and nice. And she talked about a lot that she wants to get to know people before she starts making alliances, which is interesting compared to how people usually go on day one where they just walk up and make alliances. But I didn't get a huge read off her either, similar to Chelsea, where it was just kind of like, eh. Yeah, I think um, her athleticism... Um, was something she talked about. Obviously, she swims in water every day with her job. She said because she's constantly speaking to crowds and shows and whatnot, she can be a very loud person, which can turn people off. So I'm worried that at camp, she's just going to start speaking up, speaking loud, speaking over everybody else. But other than that, I think she is nice enough. She could find herself in an alliance um, till her usefulness runs out. But, you know, these are just, these are literally just hunches. I have no idea. We've not seen a single episode. We should move into our last member of the Navidi tribe here, a guy who's 27, but looks like he's 37 and was definitely my favorite to read about. And there might be some explicit language for him, I think. Yeah, there is a little bit. So (laughs) Chris Noble is our last guy. He's a model. And let me give you the positive first, and then we'll get into everything else. So He's just really, really, really ridiculously good looking. <laughs> People do know Ben Stiller, right? That's not a, I, that's not a personal ref just between the two of us. He well, I wasn't going to say his name because he's famous. Sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I'll stop cutting you off. You go. Yeah, I don't know why he's refused to come on the podcast. Uh, Chris grew up in the Florida Keys. Uh, he actually had a pretty good story. His mom has MS and was told that she had two months to live 10 years ago and is still kicking. That's pretty impressive. Weirdly, his goal seems to be to instigate some kind of romance because he wants to add to the evolution of Survivor. It's a weird way to approach it, but I will say, listening to his interview, 
he seems much more capable than people are giving him credit for. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read some quotes from people, but I mean, what did you, what was the vibe you got off of him? He just kind of struck me as a guy who's out there to have fun. He said he was a personal trainer, but he's got um, his master's as a dietitian or something like that. So he's got to have some sort of head on him in order to get a master's and get through stuff. But I kind of felt, and Jeff said, Jeff doesn't know how he feels about him. I'm in the same boat. Chris could go either way. I don't know how personable he's going to be. I don't know how approachable he's going to be. So that kind of worries me. But he's just, he struck me as cast member not a lead actor yeah i was i mean you look at him and you think there's no way i would ever like this guy from the blonde highlights and the like (laughs) weird wavy haircut Mm -hmm. but listening to him he just he does seem to have a good head on his shoulders i feel like he'll be underestimated and as proof of that let me read you some quotes because no one likes him Mm. desiree quote Oh, God. He's just the jock who loves himself. He looks at himself in the mirror for a few minutes before he gets dressed. (laughs) Stephanie Gonzalez from Malolo Tribe. Quote, Waxed chest, extremely cocky. He puts on his little lotion. He tans on one side for four minutes and four minutes on the other. He thinks he's hot shit and everybody looks at him like, Oh, God, get away from me. Wow. (laughs) Um, Pulling no punches. This one's a, 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 sort of on the funnier side, but still sort of critical. Wendell, quote, This guy came out to the island and didn't bring any flip-flops. He told one of the producers in front of me today, I didn't bring out any flip-flops. Is this guy serious? Is he playing the game or is he an idiot? <laughs> and then uh, Dominic, who we've talked about, the Long Island guy, mm-hmm. he said, First of all, that guy does not own a shirt. I have not seen him wearing a shirt for the seven days I've been out here. My issue with him is I don't know if I'm perceiving him as arrogant, confident, or scared. But I'm going with arrogant. And finally, Jenna Bowman from the Malolo tribe, quote, He's good to look at. I think he's going to be someone who surprises me. I think underneath he might be a little different than expected. He looks like the douchebag jock, but I feel like he might be a little bit different. And honestly, that's kind of how I feel, despite all the early criticism. Mm-hmm. Everybody's jealous of the best-looking person in the room. Everybody wants to find a flaw with somebody who has the appearance of having it all together. So some of those criticisms, well, hilarious, aren't founded because they don't get to talk. They just see each other in passing. So I think he's one of the people that'll be in the top 50%, not the bottom 50%. If that makes sense. He seems like he's going to be able to tone down his I'm a male model kind of attitude. So before we move on to the Malolo tribe, that's all 10 members of Navidi. Who stands out to you? I think that Bradley sticks out to me as possibly a first one out. Um, <laughs> I was thinking more like who sticks out. On the in a positive side. way. Yeah. yeah. Wendell. I think Wendell's got that X factor, that it factor that. We all kind of liked Desiree. I really like her. I hope the other tribe gets to know her even more than me. But, you know, I'm just buying into what I'm seeing. So Wendell, Desiree, I mean, Morgan kind of seems to me like she could be okay for a while. But I definitely think my top two in this tribe are Wendell and uh, Desiree. I'm with you, you, Wendell. I really like 
Dominic. I think he could have a good balance of Tony strategy and human gameplay. <laughs> Angela stands out to me if she can get past the early part of the game where the young people will be trying to take out the old people. Mm-hmm. And I actually, Chris is a good dark horse for me. I, I, I like Chris. Yeah. Angela seems like she could be the next Lauren to me. Not really show you a lot in the beginning, but by the end, find out she's in a good alliance and she's got power players on her side. All right. Well, we'll get into the Malolo tribe and our final 10 cast members right after a short break. Come back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for part two of this episode our survivor 36 ghost island preview taylor Gaines here with tyler b commons and i'm i'm pretty sure this is the only walk of your life where you go by your first middle initial and last name you say that but being in a new state people have adopted that people fully call me tyler not just ty one person legitimately calls me tyler b so I don't know if the first thing they found out about me before I moved here was my Twitter handle, but... That's like when I went to college and I was so used to just being called T. Gaines or Gaines and no one ever used my first name. And when people started calling me Taylor, I was, I, you know, it just it made me emotional. Mm, it's like when you first got the nickname Tails, you know? Mm. Thanks, you never Fig- knew. Thanks, Figgy and Tails, for that one. Yeah, so speaking of names... I got another name for you. Oh, do tell. Brendan Shapiro. First member of the Malolo tribe, at least by descending age order. He's 41 years old. He's a longtime fan. He said he's been applying since the fourth season. And according to his story, this this kind of struck me like one of those tweets where someone says, guys, my daughter just came up to me and she said, mom, why are all politicians only men? I just, I don't know. I I just don't believe those stories. That's a long way of saying that Brendan claims that in the fourth season, he told his wife, if they're still making the show and I'm 40, I think I've got a shot. Whether that's true or not, he's here now. He's a family guy. He's really fit. Everyone seemed to notice how in shape he is. And pretty much everyone commented on how honorable he looks, which is a (laughs) cool distinction. I would like that in my own life. He was very aware of making sure he was playing just from the beginning he claims he was trying to seem very approachable on ponderosa i i liked him i i thought that he was just a classic older strong survivor guy what did you make of brendan that's funny the uh the first note i took on him is generic white guy older kind pe teacher you know what i'm saying he didn't strike me as an entertaining <laughs> he didn't stri- <laughs> he didn't strike me as like this standout guy who America's gonna fall in love with. He struck me as like this standout guy who America's gonna say, I could be friends with him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like That's no, good you don't enough. have there's no reason to root for him. There's no reason to claim that he's like got this powerful story and he needs to win. But he's also a guy that I wouldn't mind having over for a barbecue. You know what I'm saying? He's just like, he's your generic person who fills a role, which is possibly why the truth that he said he could get this gig if he was 40. You know what I'm saying? He just fits the older for, over 40 category. Not, not that interesting as a 20-year-old, but as a 40-year-old, perfect. Yeah. 
Hopefully I'll get there one day. Kellen said, if, <laughs> Kellen, our career counselor friend, said if I could vote to give someone the million dollars, that's who I would give it to other than myself. He has to be one of the oldest people here. He's married. He has the softness of someone who has had children. I, I don't know if that's a physical attribute or a <laughs> emotional one, but she said that her gut tells her he's a really good guy and she hopes she's on his tribe. Spoiler alert, she's not. I would love to work with him. That's kind of the vibe I got for him was nice honorable married guy and typically in survivor that'll help you last a while mm-hmm. so i don't know why i said that as if i was lying <laughs> but i like him speaking of things i like i love when they have multiple people with the same exact name so we'll figure out how jeff differentiates between our next two but we have stephanie johnson 34 and stephanie gonzalez 26 stephanie johnson is a yoga instructor, a travel writer, and a single mother of two boys. Hold up. Stephanie Johnson is only 34 years old? That's what I, I have written down. Is that wrong? <laughs> no. I just I did not do as much research as you. And in the stuff I watched and read, for some reason, I never got her age. And I just assumed she was like mid-40s. Sorry, you can continue. That's just a side note. She looks older than she is in my brain continue what was i talking about who are we talking about is this our survivor podcast she's 34 yoga instructor travel writer single mother of two boys uh divorced a former mormon seems like there's a lot of stories there but Mm -hmm. didn't really get into them too much uh longtime super fan 17 years she says about how long the show's been on by the way Travel geek. She's been to 24 countries and six continents, and she loves traveling by herself. How do you feel about traveling by yourself, Ty? I love to travel, whether it's by myself with others. Are you the type who would go to a hostel in Europe somewhere and shack up in a place with a bunch of people you don't know so you could go back out on the hiking trail the next morning? In an ideal world, yes, I'm that person. In a practical world, not a shot in heck. (laughs) Yeah, so that's cool and that's fun. She just strikes me as somebody who is too bubbly and too energetic and too excited. And I think that could be her biggest downfall is that maybe she gets excited and she does this thing where she relates everyone else's stories back to her. You know, like we all know that person. Generally, it's me where someone's telling a story and it's really cool and it's really exciting for them. And I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that happened for me. Blah, blah, blah. Let me take over and let me dominate and let me tell you about myself because I don't actually care about what other other people think. Blah, 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 blah. I'm even talking fast now to prove my point. I think that could be her. As Probst put it, people will either love her or think she's too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm on people too much. repeatedly described her as neon. Well, if you saw the, the preview, her outfit, we had the first ever turtleneck last season. This season, we might have the first ever neon head to toe. I'm, I'm probably with you, maybe too far on the side of outgoing. Stephanie Gonzalez, 26, is in graphic sales. And <laughs> I don't know what that of, means. I don't, e- I don't either. She I sells clip art? She sells graphic images <laughs> speaking of graphic images chris noble who we talked about before he kind of has a creepy thing for stephanie did you mm. read this no i did not read this about chris noble 
I'll read you his quote. Oh, that's Mrs. Smith. And, and he says that in reference to what I was talking about before, how he wants to evolve the game with romance. Mm-hmm. And he wants to have a Mr. and Mrs. Smith type thing. So Stephanie is his Mrs. Smith, apparently. So anyway, quote, I think she's probably Puerto Rican. My guess is she's from Florida. From Ocala, by the way. Ocala. I was born there. Just Ocala, throwing Florida. that out. Shout out. Come on the podcast, Stephanie. You got some Ocala homies here. I worked in Ocala for a while. She did or does horse surgeries there. Anyway, Chris's quote continues. My guess is she's from Florida. I'm from Florida. And I love Latinas. And Latinas love me. I don't have much of a vibe on it, but I I could easily see it being a very quick bond. It could even be too dangerous of a bond. I'm going to want to middle school make out with her right off the bat. I'm going to want to grab her face and put my lips on hers. That sounds like a poorly written High School Musical 4. I I feel a little gross having said that out loud. (laughs) In our climate and culture, I don't think that's the best phrasing you could use right now. But That's for sure. Uh, that's... So, and to, we already did read her quote about Chris, by the way, and I'll repeat it for you. Quote, wax chest, extremely cocky. He puts on his little lotion. He tans on one side for four minutes and four minutes on the other. He thinks he's hot shit and everybody looks at him like, oh, God, get away from me. So the feeling is not mutual. Nope. I hope she doesn't give him the time of day. The only other things I have written down about her is that she's describes herself as having gone through a lot of stuff, being a mm-hmm. badass, loves lipstick and dancing, but also loves paintball and pizza. So yeah. I guess she's trying to say she's a guy's girl, but also a girl's girl. I don't know what she's trying to get at. She did seem very observant of everyone. She has a lot of takes of people. I don't remember how many of them I have written down here, but she comes across strong when you're yeah. just reading her words. But I liked her listening to her. Um, She actually does seem like a funny, charming person. I mean, her ideal first day, most people are like, we'll get shelter built. uh, We'll do this. I'll make an alliance. It'll be good. But her answer was, I would find a full pizza in the forest and a margarita. And then Jeff would come out and just give me a million (laughs) dollars, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, which is really funny because uh, she was quoted in her... Survivor CBS short on YouTube as saying, um, nothing was given to me. I'm a go-getter. So the fact that she wants to be handed a million dollars sounds mm. pretty contrary to what her whole life is. Yeah, well, Maybe she has a body double. I don't totally know what to make of her. She strikes me almost like a Simone type where she could be awesome on TV or she could go out first. But yeah. she's from Ocala, so you got to give her that bump, right? I got to cheer. I'll give her that fist bump. Yeah, she didn't strike me, and I'm I'm sorry to say this, repping the 352. She struck me as a first half loser. One of the first 10 people who voted out, she struck me as one of that half. But who knows? She can perform horse surgery. Someone who I don't... struck me as a first half type is Libby Vincek, 24 I'm interested to hear what you think of her, but she's a social media strategist from Texas. She feels like the CBS religious type where like she's like overly, (laughs) this is an unfair thing to say, but the way they present her on TV is like overly 
oh, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I, I love everything and everyone seems great. That sounds like a TV pastor who I may have heard before. She also is like very charming. I, I liked her listening to her. Jeff said she reminded him of Andrea, who you mentioned earlier. Mm. I think she she seems too nice. That's sort of my takeaway from her. Yeah, she to me, she seems like a poor man's Michelle. Shout out to Michelle. We have her on here several times. What but is she's a got poor that... man's Michelle. <laughs> well, she she said like um, I'm a huge Christian. You know, Michelle's talked about her faith before. Um, but she also said her social game is her biggest strength. And I think she can say that, but she didn't strike me as someone who I would want to get past a first or second conversation with. You know what I'm saying? She struck me as a person who, if I had one conversation with her, I wouldn't feel the need to try and reach out and keep talking to her and keep working with her. Damn. Um, yeah. And I could be wrong. Um, obviously, you being the uh, out on the island czar know a lot more about these people than I do, but she just... She didn't give me any reason to want to cheer for her, but she also didn't give me a reason to cheer against her. She just kind of seemed like she was there and she's going to exist. And, you know, she might have one or two friends, but she's not going to be in a majority alliance is what I felt like. None of the castaways really had an interesting take about her either. Everyone Mm -hmm. basically just said, wow, she's beautiful. Yeah. The hottest take I saw about her was from Jenna Bowman, who said she wears a lot of makeup. We're on Survivor. I don't know. That feels a little more Bachelor. We'll see. We might get along. That was like as hot as it got. Next up, Donathan Hurley, caretaker, 26 years old. I have this in quotes, so he must have said it. Gay Southern from Eastern Kentucky. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that, that, that that was a quote of his. He's a survivor diehard, pretty athletic guy. He says he's lived in the mountains hunting He's done. He did track. Dan. He's just a longtime dancer. Uh, he described himself as a social butterfly. He definitely is. Remember the guy with the flower in his hair, who was like hippy dippy. He had a weird name from a couple mm-hmm. seasons ago. It felt like Survivor wants him to be that guy, but he actually just kind of seems like a funny, interesting guy, mm-hmm. and maybe more of a Zeke type almost. Well, but know, he's I'd, not. He didn't strike me as a Zeke. He struck me, he's too, Zeke was outgoing, but he wasn't as outgoing as Donathan, is how you pronounce it, correct? I think so. It's Just like, like Jonathan with a D? Jonathan, yeah. Yeah, Donathan struck me as very, very bubbly and very, very outgoing, where Zeke was kind and friendly, but he was also, like, reserved, you know? Donathan doesn't seem like he's going to be reserved, which being that, out there that in your face having the one of the craziest most southern southern accents i've ever heard oh for sure um i would like him to go far because he's got one of those stories that survivor has been loving lately but i don't see him as somebody who is gonna make it far despite what the producers hired him hired him casted him for hired him he had a pretty good family story too he talked about his grandmother did you read about this um i i talked about i was up with the info about his mom he said his mom worked really hard and he's kind of out there because he wants to win money to repay her what about his grandma his grandma had seven children between the years of 1960 and 1968 with his mom being the youngest 
She raised them all with very limited food, no power until 1975, no bathrooms, only outhouses, all while dealing with the day-to-day struggles of having an alcoholic as a husband. Over the years, things got better. She raised her children, divorced and remarried twice, and ended up being very independent-minded and open-minded. In 2006, she had a brain aneurysm, flew out to have emergency surgery, and you know what saved her? Her blood was so thick from smoking three packs a day for so many years that the aneurysm was sealed shut. After her (laughs) surgery, she was up the next morning eating some ice. Now, if that isn't inspiring, I don't know what is. She has always been the glue in our family. She is such a hero in my eyes because of all the sacrifices, determination, and selflessness she has expressed and shown all her life. Many people are probably picking celebrities and all that jazz as their heroes, but my little old mama is my hero. Wow, Dothan just sold the best ad for Marlboro that you will ever hear. For Smoking real. saved somebody's life. You heard <laughs> it here. No, I did not hear that entire backstory, but it doesn't surprise me. I've gone to eastern Kentucky and worked with people that had no running water they had an outhouse they may or may not have had an illegal cockfighting ring but they had satellite confirm or deny (laughs) i cannot deny (laughs) but they just they and that was in the late 90s that they didn't have power and water you know like it's i didn't know that was this guy's story but it still exists you know it's it's crazy to me Despite all that interest, not much interest from everybody else. Uh, pretty much across the board, the responses to his picture were, oh, he's cute, he's sweet, he looks funny, he's like my little brother, he seems nice. So, not a lot of takes on him, weirdly. Once I hear him talk, hear his accent, he might have some takes. Let's see, next up, Laurel Johnson, 29. Oh, Laurel. Financial consultant. Mm-hmm. Went to Yale. Laurel is from Philadelphia. Go Eagles. And she's interesting. She's a bit of a triple threat. Former college athlete, played volleyball. Super fan from day one. An Ivy League graduate, as you mentioned. And was almost on Millennials vs. Gen X. Now, I'm a little concerned that she said she didn't even go camping before coming out. And is a little concerned about living on an island. And Mm -hmm. not knowing the theme of the season, she said that her nightmare in Survivor is to be stranded on Exile Island. So there are some red flags, but I'm really drawn to the longtime super fan who's also a former college athlete, who's also an Ivy League graduate. I feel like that's a good combination. Yeah, and I think it's really funny. We have a second Ivy League graduate on this cast, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in a few minutes. It was funny to me that she said phrases like, I practiced lying to my friends back home. That's such like a cerebral intellectual thing to do. Like you have to practice on your friends preparing to come out and play Survivor. So I think she has all the tools. We were talking about her athleticism, her intelligence. But I don't know if that's going to translate into success for her because she has to she has to practice something as simple as the example she gave was she has to tell her boyfriend She's like, oh, no, I was at the store, but she wasn't at the store. She was, like, <laughs> out getting gas in her car, you know? So um, she seems quirky and she seems fun. I think she could use that to her advantage and be friendly with people and tell jokes. And, you know, everyone we talk to says 
you sit around all day talking and learning about each other. I think she has a funny and interesting past. Um, so I think she can click with people. But she, I know, I want to say I have a, a but this about her, but I feel like I don't have a but this about her other than like a hunch, if that makes sense. I can't nail it down, but I feel like she's going to be decently good at the game, but not not great. You know, another top 50 percenter. She just might take a while to open up, I think. I mean, James Lim, who you just alluded to, the other Ivy League graduate, when shown her picture, he said, at first when we got to Ponderosa, she looked a lot more shy than everybody else, but now she's opening up a bit more, and I sense some sass in her, which could be interesting if you mix her with some of the guys with big egos. Hmm. It could be that kind of thing. Next up, we got... How many more do we got here? Four more? We got four more people. Jacob Derwin. 22 a survivor blogger and musician and what's interesting if you know of the website inside survivor.com i believe they like regularly spoil the cast list like way way in advance of it being announced and Mm -hmm. he's written for that website and yet survivor brought him on the show wow that's good to know yeah he um i like jacob jacob fits more of that zeke role in my mind you know, kind of made fun of, picked on his whole life, bullied a little bit. But now he's in a place where he's surrounded himself with people that he likes and people that um, are good for him. And I hope that he can manage to make that show through. You know, he seems funny. He seems fun. He seems like he's going to be out there and enjoying himself, having a good time. He's not the biggest threat. Um, but I think he's got that it, that X factor that a, a player like Zeke had that is just going to it's going to keep him around. Maybe he's got, you know, the right sense of humor, the right whatever. I don't think he's going to be a provider or a challenge guy. I think he's got, again, that it factor that, you know, can keep people around. I like him. He went to journalism school, so he's a man of my heart. He's mm-hmm. a big traveler. He said he's been to Poland and Ireland and Israel. I guess he's got some Jewish roots, if I remember correctly. He just kind of seems like a fun guy. He's a huge Survivor fan, obviously, as a Survivor blogger. And he said that, uh, or well, everyone said about him that his eyes kind of light up all the time at Ponderosa, like he's just excited to be there. <laughs> and Wendell got very excited about him and said, that's my fro, bro. Fro's are us. <laughs> it's going to be me and him. I've liked him for a while. Happy guy. Nice guy. Fro's are us. And now That's, all I want is for a Wendell Jacob alliance. Yeah, he reminds me of um, what's your guy from Silicon Valley? He reminds me of that guy, the Jew, the, the Jewish one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he might not be in the show, but in real life, he is. And he had that stand-up special that we watched that was like poorly oh. spliced together. T.J. Miller, that was so weird. Yes. If you want to see he a re- bad stand-up special, go on HBO and watch T.J. Miller's stand-up special. It's not particularly funny, and they clearly edited together two different versions of it, mm-hmm. and it's very strange. Very strange. What were yeah. we talking about? He reminds me of him. Jacob Derwin. That's an interesting Jake. comparison. All right. James Lim, 24, our other Ivy League track star, not other track star, but other Ivy League guy, track star, according to himself, went to Harvard, said he was the first Asian American captain in program history. He's now a financial analyst. Uh, He was a U.S. presidential scholar selected by President Obama. He told Jeff, this is another very cerebral thing to say, Mm -hmm. that he was going to master the social game. He decided he was going to master the social game. He has a very clinical, intellectual approach. His real goal, apparently, to be on The Amazing Race. (laughs) 
he's on CBS, I guess. So that's a start. And spoiler alert for Amazing Race. My parents were watching that today. The team that won was originally from Big Brother. So there's a good chance for him, I guess, now that he's been on Survivor. All connected. Other note, I did not know who was going to win Amazing Race. Just from watching with my parents, it was not very obvious. So good job to them. (laughs) I do think James is the opposite of Bradley, where he seems just as smart and cerebral, but like sounds like he's interacted with humans before. He could be a real threat. Chelsea, the cheerleader EMT from the other tribe, said that she feels the same way, that he has a good physical stamina, will be a threat in challenges, seems like he'll be a good strategic player, very smart, well put together, seems to know when to act and when to hang back. He's someone I would like to align with because I think he'll do well in this game. That's interesting. So you said you think he's going to interact well with people because this is this is what I said, and even Jeff kind of hinted at it, but Jeff also said he liked him. He's very... I wrote non-emotional, deliberate, and intellectual. Definitely intellectual. Um, and I, I don't put, I don't say those things in a positive light because I think he's very robotic and methodic in the way that he acts and interacts with people, which I think could be a, a detriment to him. I don't know what side everyone else has gotten to see, but for me, he just struck me as a guy who is rigid and tense and isn't going to be able to adapt to a lot of the things that are going to be happening. So he didn't strike me as one of my favorites. No, I liked him, but I didn't love him, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, to your side of it, Stephanie Gonzalez said that he, this is a little harsh, actually, he -hmm. has almost little man syndrome. He walks like he's tough shit. Okay, my friend. Yeah, you're built. I'm sure you've been training pretty hard. But to walk with your chest puffed out, I just don't understand the mentality behind it. He's very organized. His shirt is perfectly ironed. It's a perfection thing with him. He would definitely be on the brain's tribe if there was a brain's tribe. I think we could say that. Now, I did want to ask you about this because our friend Jacob Derwin, who we just talked about, Mm -hmm. said of, of James, he's obviously very ripped. Quote, he always has a tank top on, so he's humble. End quote. This confused me. <laughs> Do tank tops imply humbleness? I've never heard this before. Well, earlier when we were talking about Chris Noble, someone said, Does he even own a shirt? So the fact that James is ripped <laughs> and wearing a shirt of a sorts, shirt. A shirt. He has a shirt on. Shows a lot of humility. That was me trying. (laughs) Works for me. The opposite of humility is probably being an Instagram model. And our next person is Jenna Bowman, 23, who I mentioned before has 2,500 Instagram followers, which I guess might not really make you an Instagram model. But if you look through her Instagram model, she or if you look through her Instagram, she definitely treats it like Kim Kardashian or something. Now... She's an ad executive, so she's definitely got a head on her shoulders, I think. From Detroit, lives in L.A. now, I believe. She says she's not good outdoors. She also says she knows she's an intimidating force, but has a soft side. And everyone seemed to not really like her. She seems flippant to other people. She was described as a hammock hog who (laughs) spent all her time hogging it (laughs) i suppose (laughs) and uh you mentioned rbf before Mm -hmm. she was described by at least one person as having resting bitch face 
And I should note her last Instagram post is a selfie that she took on the island at Fiji. And her caption is, no resting bitch face to be seen here. Hashtag survivor. Hashtag hammock hog. <laughs> yeah, she um, she struck me. She didn't, <laughs> quite frankly. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to think of what to say about her. All I said was not a confident person. She's got a weird chip on her shoulder. She's down to earth. Could be good. You know, like I I literally couldn't figure out how I felt about this person. I wasn't like, okay, she should be an Instagram model. I wasn't like, okay, she should be humble. Okay, she should be arrogant. Um, maybe she's gonna be good socially, maybe she's gonna be bad socially, you know? Like I think she'll be good socially because she's attractive and that gets you a long way in Survivor usually. But yeah, I'm not. I mean, Jeff sure. said she was one of. What, go ahead. Uh, Jeff said that she was one of his favorites. So I mean, she's pulled the wool over Jeff's eyes. I'm just unsure about whether it. her attitude is what people say it is, or whether she's gonna be fighting against that. I similarly didn't get that strong of an impression off of her. I'm numb to how I feel about her. All right. Well, that brings us to our final contestant, your friend and mine. Why do I keep saying that? Literally, none of these people are our friends. 18-year-old Michael Yerger, a model and real estate agent from Los Angeles. He lives his life as a 23-year-old, and he plans on telling everyone he's 23. He's here to complete Will Sims 3's mission, Mm -hmm. be the youngest person to ever win Survivor. Wait, wasn't it Will Wall? Yeah, I just was calling him Will Sims 3. Oh, okay. Not Will Sims 2? Yeah, because Will Sims 2, we all know, fell from his... (laughs) fell mightily because he was really mean to someone i don't remember Mm -hmm. he has a tattoo that appears to say on my honor he's an eagle scout he's got a lot of hands-on outdoors experience ironically was compared to jp by (laughs) josh wiggler who said that he was similar to jp in the sense that everyone seemed to just not be able to get much of a read on him that should elicit strong emotion from you it would if i felt like he was like jp but mm-hmm. I feel like he has a little more to offer. I think he's an interesting kid. I can yeah. say that because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he was um, thoughtful and well-spoken. I thought that he communicates his goals. And I definitely didn't think he was 18. Oh, no. He doesn't look 18 at In all. the sense of like, no, he's like a Division One college athlete. They look like they're 40, but that's just because they're in this weird mature testosterone ridden life but he just he's he actually struck me as someone who is going to be able to mold in and mesh in better than a guy like will wall and that's not to say will wall was bad because will wall was good i just think michael jaegerbaum is going to be able to do that much better and michael pointed this out but will kind of outed himself as the high schooler and Mm -hmm. I feel like he was never entirely taken seriously because of that. So he should be better off pretending he's 23, and he'll easily be able to pull it off, I think. Yeah. Just one quote I wanted to read about him that I thought was a really high-minded way to look at this. Stephanie Johnson, the yoga instructor, said, He's too hot. LJ from Survivor Kageon said, There's hot and there's cute, and I don't trust hot. So I don't trust Michael as far as I could throw him, which isn't very far because he's huge ironically she has 
children his age. Stephanie does? Oh, you said Stephanie? Yeah, not Angela. Oh, not who I was thinking of. You might also be struggling gotcha. to think of who's who at this point because you're only hearing us talk about them. But I've, I hope you've been taking notes of who's who. And Wednesday night, February 28th, you'll be able to see who's who for the first time at the Survivor premiere on CBS. And we'll definitely be back more throughout the season to talk about it. I'm not sure exactly what day we're going to release this year, but stay tuned to the feed on the island. Before we get out of here, I know we've kept you long enough, but I want to give our final three and winner predictions for this season. We're going to do it a little bit differently this year to ensure we don't have similar picks, even though we usually don't. We're going to do a little draft. I want you to draft. We're going to do snake style. You can go first. You can pick who you think is going to make it to the final three. We will each pick three people. And then at the end, we will declare our winner pick from those three. Who would you like, Ty? And you're letting me go first. What an honor. Donald Glover. I always win these things. So I want to let you go first. Wow. Donald Glover. My boy, Wendell Holland. Atlanta. Han Solo. (laughs) I don't know what else, but yes. Childish Gambino. Can we talk about how they should have just made Donald Glover Han Solo? That would have been way too meta. Awesome. (laughs) But it it would have been way too in line with what's happening culturally now and obviously oh gosh why am i going off on a political thing obviously there's been pushback for that so we have certain presidents like we have right now that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) i don't think the people that so he's your first pick (laughs) yes yeah well my first pick is going to be james james all right why do you have a reason or just I liked because him. you liked him. All right. I, I have like eight names written down here of people that I liked, and it's kind of a crapshoot at this point in the year, but he's smart, and if he can adjust to the social game, he'll be good. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll have him in my final three. Okay. So I've got Wendell. I think next I'm going to go with. Oh, boy. Let's go with uh, Dominique or Dominic. Dominique, Dominic, a bait, snagging him. Why? I think he's got a story, which the producers can play with, which we're not touching right now. And you can see Tony working out. If this guy's got a better head than Tony at Tony's game, then he's going to go far. Who you, All right, my yeah, next who's pick your is Angela. Two? I want Angela, the 42-year-old. I know it's always tough for people like that, but I, uh, I, I let Chrissy take my winner pick almost to the end last year so let's do it again i like angela she's got a good head on her shoulder she's really tough and i hope that she can win some people over and not just be the mom character i like her so you have uh james and you have angela and you have wendell and you have dominic and i also have laurel johnson i'm not high on her you know what's wild is the three people you picked were all in the in the seven names that I wrote down. Mm-hmm. So I guess we do have somewhat similar minds. Or maybe this is just... There, there seem to be a lot of people I just don't particularly like this season as far yeah. as winning chances. Like I said, there's a lot of people that I would automatically place in the bottom 50%. And obviously an equal number I'd put in the top 50%. But in the top 50%, there's not a whole lot that stand out to me. 
I don't know. I think Laurel's going to, I think she's going to break out of her shell and I think she's going to come to her own. And I really hope that, I just really hope this season goes well for her and that she's able to mesh well with others and kind of like David was able to do, figure out that indoorsy people can be good at outdoorsy things. That's my hope for her this season. (laughs) I like her too. My other top three pick is going to be, oh boy. You know what? I'm going to go with a dark horse. Chris Noble, final three. Chris Noble making the final three. So my final three is Angela, Chris, and James. Your final three is Dominic, Wendell, and Laurel. Who Mm -hmm. is your official Survivor Season 36 winner pick? Wendell. I think Wendell's, he's got the social game. He's not an overly dominant physical threat, but he says he still plays basketball five days a week and is somewhat athletic so when it gets to individual immunity i think he'll be able to to win and i I just that's it no more arguments mic drop all right what about you night ty mine is angela i'm doing it again i'm gonna pick the oldest character to win because well i guess katrina was the oldest last year but Mm -hmm. i just really like her story and i think that she fits well into the survivor. We want to have a narrative thing and mm-hmm. I don't have much else to go on at this point in the season. So there you have it. We've not seen a lot, but from what we've seen, these are, these are the people we like. These are the people we dislike. I'm just excited for this season to get going. I'm pumped. It's it, this off season has felt like a very, very long time. I was pretty exhausted by the time the last season ended, but I'm glad for it to be back. I think it should be more fun this year. Good news, you get an easy one to edit to start off with. That was easy, a joke. We've been here a long so time. Short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this will take you, what, 20 minutes to edit up or something like that? We'll get it out. Hopefully you'll be here on this Sunday night, Monday morning sometime so that you can get all prepared for Wednesday's premiere whenever you may watch it. This has been On the Island. If this is your first time with us, I'm surprised you listened for this long because I have never in my life listened to a podcast for this long if i've never listened to it before nonetheless we'll be here talking survivor we'll have some special guests at certain points in the past we've talked to some millennials versus gen x people like michelle schubert and sunday burquest and our old friend from brains brown beauty joe del campo and obviously our our actual friend levi bradford and my parents i think have guested who knows you never know who might show up you never know maybe jeff himself will finally take the bait and come join us maybe stay tuned to find out here on the island this has been our ghost island preview hope you're ready and excited for the season and we will talk to you next time Ghost Island. Goodbye, everyone. Roro Red. Survivor on the island. I'm not good at making these things up. <laughs> <laughs>